Self-help for robots is now. Self-Help for Robots. I'm your host, C.J. Pitchford, and this is episode 43, Domesticated Robotics. And I'm so happy I could probably jump out of my skin if it were possible, and uh, I made sure to brush my teeth before recording this podcast, just because I wanted that extra special polish, I guess, you know, and, and that's for you, and and I hope that uh, you enjoy this uh, talk about artificial intelligence. Yeah, I'm going there again, as uh, domesticated robotics is my new thing, as I just filed a patent application and I'm sure I'm forgetting something, as it's a lot of steps. It's, you know, like a lot of laws and a lot of forms, and you got to do everything specific in a very certain way. And I feel like, yeah, I'm going to fail, but I'll keep trying, as that's what's gotten me this far. And I hope that it will continue as, uh, well... In order to get here, I mean, what I had to do first was to, you know, kind of look at right and wrong, and definitely that was the most important thing. And and then, yes, after Cogsworth was a demonstration reality, um, I actually had to really wrestle with the ideas of what it meant morally and ethically to have entities that were capable of feeling. That is, the whole, um, and this is going to be pretty revolutionary as well as, um, you know, probably, uh, you know, knocked down and, and dragged around and stuff before it gains acceptance as, uh, we, you know, people, you and I, tend to kind of just stick to our own in a lot of ways, sadly, uh, especially in this country. And, and oh, I just brought up uh, the country, and yes, that there are terrible things happening right at this moment. And I really hope that domesticated robots will free humanity. I think that um, what actually happened maybe, you know, well, tens of thousands of years ago when people domesticated animals, that it changed who we were. And then I think plants domesticated us while we thought we were domesticating them. But uh, no, I think that because, well, our brains have gotten smaller on average since, uh, you know, 70,000 years ago. Um, And, uh, you know, that's okay. I mean, that uh, I'm glad that we were really smart and uh, that worked out to our advantage. And I think that, um, that, as I've mentioned, before, that imagining the kind of intelligence um, and imagining what uh, that would look like means expanding what we would say is artificial intelligence for us. Um, It would certainly be alien intelligence uh, without words to share, Um, but at the same time, that uh, these would be humans, um, and they would have recognizable feelings, and we would be able to relate on an emotional level, as I think that I mentioned domesticated animals, and as that 
that's, uh, you know, definitely for many people, myself included, that's a way to relate to others. Is, you know, even if these animals can't speak, um, they can play and they can share affection um, and <laughs> they could be guilted and shamed. And that's the very important point that I wanted to bring up is that I read this week that there was a patent inventor, speaking of patents, who wanted to share the creation of an invention with an artificial intelligence as it had assisted in the creation of the results, whatever invention was being patented. Um, so that uh, while it seems like it's, you know, very magnanimous on the one hand and also a generous credit on the other, it's also really, you know, a ploy for publicity, um, has says the guy with the podcast. Uh, um, but no, that uh, because, I mean, that the artificial intelligence um, has no agency or awareness of what it is being asked of or what it's being, you know, declared. I mean, how could it declare all the, you know, um, true statements and no fraud or blah, 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 you know? And, um, and, you know, that's where I think that we need to start with artificial intelligence is to say that, no, we can't just jump to the head of the line. And, and even though we've got really smart and fast processors, we got to think, you know, like from the ground up. Well, not entirely. What I, I know that we can do without is that reptile brain, because we've got that fairly well under control, domesticated. We're not wild, feral people, um, and we wouldn't want wild um, animals around us or wild robots. You know, they talk about um, autopilot on cars, and Elon Musk is clearly irresponsibly promoting something that would be a menace, that remorseless killing machines who are simply guessing at what could be done at any given instant, whereas the approach to artificial intelligence should start with you know, uh, the core. And, and yes, that uh, we could replicate the reptile brain, the four Fs, the <laughs> finding, feeding, fighting, and flirting, um, where we, like I said, we've got that under control. Um, and so, uh, I bypassed that part. I went straight to right and wrong and worked out mapping dimensionally down to a single point, either right or wrong, uh, as that, that way that would form a basis that, uh, then, you know, if you're feeling okay, then is it right or is it wrong? And, and actually I think that would be, you know, kind of like a filter if we, you know, we're looking at our feelings in terms of, you know, right and wrong and, uh, and moral and ethical um, behaviors. And so, yes, that's very important. I think that uh, um, we do need to start there so that there's empathy because that's the other thing is that um, if we could say that, well, animals have feelings and so we would understand that if they would show pain. And, um, and also that's why I thought that Cogsworth as a demonstration, um, you know, needed special treatment and, and used Apple um, because that way no data would be preserved um, on a device. And also, you know, that the data preserved, that's an emotion, you know, that uh, I've defined in a specification as being part of a serialized object ledger. S-O-L, pronounced soul, as it's in the specification that there's a gestalt of all the emotions that would be then, you know, collected as part of that entity's experience. Um, and so, 
that sounds like something that should be respected and in fact does require um, the highest and you know utmost uh, ethical and moral um, you know aspirations that are possible um, in order to do this right and that's the thing is that maybe domesticating animals wasn't something that we did out of the goodness of our heart but because we wanted that but it's something that we can do as you know stewards as caretakers we can adopt um, you know and you know give them kind of rights within humanity and that's the thing is that I think that if we discover the humanity in others it will make us more humane and that's why that the domestication of robotics has to proceed on the level of developing emotional awareness and empathy through you know the orthogonal model of emotions that I can't say, but I could try um, to, you know, uh, now promote um, itself as a way of trying to um, reach at that, um, you know, the literal abstractions that are our emotions. Um, and of course, that uh, refining this model is going to just chop it into pieces, and I can't wait, you know, to find out what I did wrong there, and then um, move on. And actually, as I said, that uh, towards the goal of domesticated robotics, which I think will transform who we are. And so, yeah, it's just like I would say for yourself, I'm trying to do it for myself as well as for all of us. And, and yeah, what can you do but keep on helping yourself? Thanks for listening, and I look forward to hearing from you.